0: What's up everyone? Nate here with Good Morning Liberty. We normally do a July 4th episode every single year. The last couple years we've read through the Declaration of Independence and given our thoughts on that amazing, amazing document. This year we're not able to do it, but I wanted to give you guys our previous couple years of read-throughs of The declaration of independence so you can listen to them if you are wanting some liberty goodness today then you can listen through from 2019 and then the next episode will be from 2020 so i'll be putting you guys straight into that conversation from 2019 and before we get into that what i'm going to tell you guys is if you actually want to be part of the solution and you believe that part of the solution is getting the message out there and is getting these ideas out there, then you can become a supporter on our Patreon by going to patreon.com/slash good liberty You want to do that, you can chip in for as little as five bucks a month. And we do a new episode every single day of the week when we want to. You can get on there and watch live. You can throw in your votes for Dumb Bleep of the Week on Friday. You can throw in news stories. And ideas for the show and generally just have a good time hanging out. So go to Patreon and do that. The link is in the show notes. And then one more, if I if if you'll pardon me, I'll just do one more ad here. But MasterMystonks.com, S-T-O-N-K-S, mastermystonks.com That is the trading class that Charlie and I run. That we've been running now for over a year since we started it. And I've been trading for several years now, but we have a, a free Discord option if you want to get on there and see my trade pick of the week and you want to see some of the chat that's happening on the Discord. And we've got like 15 other channels with different strategies and educational advice and, and all of that. And I also go live every morning at 8 a.m central time, 30 minutes before the market opens, and do some pre-market analysis and then I stay trading live normally until at least nine, maybe nine thirty every single day. So, if you've ever been interested in trading, this class has got over 300 training videos, all the way from you've never traded before, don't even know a word yet, to trading some of the strategies that we trade every single day. So, you can go to Master My Stonks, mastermystonks.com and you can use the promo code SAVE20, S A V E 20, SAVE20, to get 20% off your first three months that can't be right yeah it says it right here 20 percent off your first three months of the class that is a pretty sweet deal so the best time to start trading was last week second best time is now if you have ever been interested then it's time to get going don't don't waste any more time on this okay so no more ads or anything like that we're going to go right into the conversation one of them will be from 2019, the first one, and then the second episode will be from 2020. you guys have any comments or anything, send me an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. nate at goodmorningliberty.us. If you want to do that, you stay classy. I'll talk to you soon. Go. This is Good,
1: Good Morning Liberty. Nate, do you smell that? What's that? Smells like freedom. Ooh. Yes. I like it. On this day, July 4th, 1776, something incredible happened. Something incredible happened to a group of people, to this nation. Something I think many people forget about as they celebrate this federal holiday. Probably one of the, it's actually the most significant holiday, I think, in human history. It is. And it's July 4th, 1776. Today's July 4th, 2019. What happened?
0: Now, are you saying it's more significant than like Jesus' birthday?
1: Well, Jesus was, I think, historically born somewhere in October. We celebrate December 25th. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about for the freedom. Yeah, of the people, because gotcha. even in Jesus's time, there wasn't much freedom.
0: No, no, it's actually a good thing that America was born for for that yes. whole thing because uh, we created a nation that had
1: religious freedom. Right. So that that was a big deal and revolutionized human life for the first time in in history. Now there were some good English common laws, but America took that thing to the next level, and I just it smells good. Yeah. Waking up, smelling liberty and freedom. <laughs> There's nothing like it.
0: So we're we're going to go through the like declaration. I woke,
1: like, I woke up this morning, yeah. Nate, and I thought, I can do almost anything I want. Almost, because there's still a lot of government regulation. That's what we're fighting against. But still to this day in the world, you have the greatest opportunities here in America. And what we're going to do for you guys, because I think a lot of people forget why America was founded, what happened back then. This was uh, over... Almost two hundred and fifty years ago, seventeen seventy six to two thousand nineteen. Yeah, math me.
0: It's it. I checked on my calculator, and it is in fact almost two hundred and fifty years ago. Yes,
1: yeah. So see, I'm I'm spot on. I don't. <laughs> Cliff, you, you'll yesterday's episode. Go back and live to it. Cliff has a math degree, and yeah. that guy's.
0: We should have asked really him. Really good much. with
1: numbers. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway. Okay. Literally, almost 250 years ago, America was born because of the Declaration of Independence. It's why we celebrate America's birthday, and it's why this movement of liberty is so important. If you go back and read the Founders, Jesus, they were so good, so articulate. So uh, I'm going to read for you, and we're going to break this down, by the way. The Declaration of Independence, written by Nate. Here's a test
0: uh Ron Paul? Nope. Okay. Um Thomas Massey?
1: No. Barack Although Obama. I feel like no. I feel like okay. the first two could have written it. Yeah. But who wrote I'm
0: hoping it was Thomas Jefferson.
1: Who wrote the Declaration of Independence? James if, Madison? If you don't know this, you could just do a quick Herbie Google Hancock search. and the main articulator was Thomas Jefferson. All right. <laughs> so, uh, if you don't believe me, go Google it for yourself. But a lot of people contributed to this but he actually his penmanship
0: he was the executor Mm -hmm. (laughs) executive editor on it yeah so
1: this is in congress july 4th 1776 the unanimous declaration of the 13th of the 13 united states of america at the time we only had 13 states Hmm. 13 separate sovereign countries basically and they decided to unite So this is, he's opening up this document and saying, we're declaring that there are times when you have to separate from your motherland, so to speak, because this is being sent to the king of the United Kingdom.
0: And it's, it's because of, he even says the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. So he's saying this is a, this is a human right. You, it's
1: your moral obligation. Yeah, yeah. Actually. You have to. Yep. All right. So it goes on. Do you want to read some of this? You want yeah, me? sure. We hold these truths. By the way, this is the most important part of the Declaration, I think, right here. Listen closely.
0: We hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm, That's good.
1: Mm. That
0: to secure these rights, and it's going to go on. But I mean, let's talk about that just right there.
1: Well, let's take the first few words. We hold these truths to be self-evident. So the truths that he's getting ready to lay out here, they're self-evident. That means they come from God. They come from your creator, as he mentions later here. They come from your laws of nature, your human nature. These are just literally self-evident it
0: is, it is the actual meaning of truth which you can look at something and say well that if you say that's self-evident then you really don't have to explain it right it is truth you see it we we are endowed by our creator with rights where they're not given to us from another government or from another person or a piece of paper they're not from other people to decide whether or not we have them they're it's intrinsic yes Yes. Do you want to go on with the next one? You want me to go?
1: Well, I was gonna. We, we should talk about uh, among. These, oh, the rights. Yeah, uh, yeah. Among these, these are just a few, but among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, the pursuit of happiness always gets a bad rap, but the pursuit of happiness, I think, it it goes in when what Jordan Peterson would say is that you have these rights to life and liberty, but the, your pursuit of happiness is you have to adopt a responsibility for your life to pursue that happiness and and have. A great life and liberty, and in the
0: pursuit of happiness, it does not say that you Guaranteed. have. The, you do not have the right to life, liberty, and happiness. It doesn't say that. Right. It means that you have the right to your life. You have the the right to exist, to to make the best out of yourself, to create what you can, to to extend your rights. And as long as you don't interfere with others, to me, that's, that's what I see with, with a Liberty. That's just something that you're born with and that you can pursue happiness. You can pursue it, but it does not say that you will get it or that it will be provided for you.
1: All right. So moving right along, um, this is the anarchist would definitely disagree with this next statement, but it's something that I, it's where I'm at currently. Um, So Thomas Jefferson goes on to say that to to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men and women, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. What a powerful sentence. That's a good one. So what he's saying here, this is how America was set up, is that governments are a necessary evil, basically, and they must... Derive their just powers, meaning that government can have just power, but it can't be tyrannical because their just power has to come from the consent of the governed, meaning the people. So your politicians aren't your bosses. No, no one in government. The president Trump isn't my boss. Neither is your sheriff or any other local official. Nobody. You, the people have a voice. And we talked about this yesterday in the interview with Cliff, like. Get activated in the liberty movement. You have a voice, and you have, we, can, we can make change because we are the people. We hold the power, the ultimate power.
0: And I, I love if you just simplify it down. You can just say that government gets its power only through the consent of the governed, Right. meaning it can only have power with consent of the people that it has power over. That's so good. And that is definitely not something that we, uh, we hear very much from our politicians or from our government these days.
1: Next, he goes on to talk about when governments become corrupt and when they become tyrannical. He says that whenever, whenever any form of government, so any form that means city council, that means, uh, the, you know, the, the animal control, uh, If it's run by the government, you know, the the dog catchers, Um, seriously, all the way up to Congress, any form of government becomes destructive of these ends. It is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. So there's a lot in here. So let's unpack this real quick. Um, I want to start by saying, I kind of, I kind of mentioned that any form of government. So that means literally any form of government, people that have power, because that's what government is. It's they have power and the use of force when it becomes struck destructive of these ends, which means when it starts to destruct and destroy your rights, it is the right of the people. This is so important here because to, he already explained what rights were, right? Your rights are intrinsic to you. Like they come from nature. They come from God. So it's your right. And in fact, he's saying it's your moral obligation to alter or abolish it. And that's the way they felt during these times, that it was their moral duty to say, King, you can't put a 1% tax on us anymore. Without representation, we're throwing all your tea into the harbor.
0: That's a, so you know, we talk a lot about the Tea Party. You know, I was doing some reading on the Stamp Act the other day, and that's something I think people maybe they don't know a lot about. Um, but that was the the British government putting its uh, you had to have a stamp from them saying that you had paid your tax to be able to uh, transact any kind of document, any kind of document that went back and forth, your your mail, your contracts, um, anything like that, they had to have an official stamp. And that was the way that they were trying to tax the people. And this is where taxation without representation came in. And, and they did eventually get rid of the Stamp Act. But then uh, what happened was Britain uh, passed something. It was immediately after they dropped the Stamp Act and said that, but we do have the power to, to basically say what, what we can and can't do to you. So that it, they dropped the Stamp Act, but, but they, then it was like, a you ever been apologized to by someone when they're like, I'm really sorry that you did that and it's your fault <laughs> and I still should have done yeah. what I did? You know? Right. That's, that was basically their, their uh, apology where they dropped the Stamp Act. They're like, okay, our bad. But we totally had the right to do it and we can do it anytime we want to. Right. So that's that's what these people were dealing with at that time. I think that's important to keep that in context. All right, now you're up. Okay. So we, we did this uh, let's see, you went through the safety and happiness. Prudence, prudence indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed.
1: Now, this is so. This is a little bit of old-time language, right? Yes. Yeah. The way they spoke back then is, I think it's elegant and beautiful. But to take this apart, um, prudence, which means it's it's kind of like precedence. It's cautious, right? Prudence indeed, so basically experience and and precedence will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. What he's saying here is that it's no trivial it's no trivial thing. yeah, like it's not a light thing to change governments. It's got to
0: be a big deal,
1: right. And we shouldn't just willy-nilly just be destroying governments. and and we we don't even think that here on Good morning liberty. like there's still a fight that we can have in in the idea realm and in the activist realm versus, going to war with our government, because that's not a good thing to do. Like violence, we should avoid violence at all costs. But once you've established that, that it's not a trivial thing to do, what he goes on to say is that, um, when he's talking about the evil and people suffering that instead of suffering and putting up with the evil, because it would be hard to abolish the government again, it's your moral obligation to do it. That's what he's saying here you have to abolish the forms to which they are accustomed so you're accustomed to the government you're everyone's grown up with the american government yeah. right like in fact you learn in school that the federal government supreme even though that's not true <laughs> it's not true that the federal government supreme but you learn all these things and and police officers have power and all these people have authority and they have authority over you and what he's saying here what this declaration is saying here even though you're accustomed to that it's your moral obligation to not suffer and be uh, and, and let the evil continue because government is a necessary evil. It's so great how all this ties in together. It's so beautiful.
0: He says, in their experience has shown that mankind are they're they're more likely to continue suffering than to right themselves. And he says they're more likely to continue suffering while the evils are sufferable, meaning you can you can take it, you can handle it. It's not that it's not something that uh, you know that you can't take, um, but. He says that uh, while the evils are sufferable, then the right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed, meaning that you're more likely to just keep putting up with it instead of changing. And this, I mean, this goes down to people's lives every single day. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to a job that you hate every single day, you're more likely to continue doing that than to change your situation. right? Right. Most people are. And what he's saying is that mankind are, this is how they are. That when things get bad, they're more likely to continue than to change their
1: situations. Yes. All right. So I'm going to read this next part and I'm going to go ahead and read it all the way through. It's going to be a little bit long, but he kind of embodies the same type of language. And then we're going to get to them actually listing out the facts, which is absolutely incredible. All right. So bear with me here, but you need to hear all of this. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. Now, wow, that's a damning, damning piece yeah. of literature right there. So basically it's saying the same things that that it is time. That Great Britain has shown its tyranny and has caused so much injury and usurpation. It's the the usurping of power, right? So they're abusing, basically. They're, Great Britain is going outside the means of what English common law at the time said. And they were taxed, taxing the colonies without representation. They were you know, they had soldiers in their homes. They were doing all of these things. They, what was it? They, uh, well, they, they
0: were being, you know, there were no trial by juries most of the time either. You could just right. be, you were just guilty. If right. the, if the King said you were guilty, they you know?
1: could go through your letters and stuff. They just come in your home and go through your stuff. Yeah. It's so crazy. And so that was the usurpation of power. And that's what he's talking about here. So he, and he lays this out. It's very damning. I couldn't even imagine when the King read this, like he's going to be reading this, like so pissed off. With his cup of tea.
0: I love the, it (laughs) invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. Yes. I mean, that's good. That's really good. And he says it's their right and it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Yes. Man. It's so good. I love it so much. So he's saying that, that when they do this to you, when they have taken your rights, when they've taken your power, and they're just exercising their absolute authority over the over you, and taking these God-given rights from you, that it is now your right, that it is the people's right, and it is your duty to throw off that government and to establish a new government.
1: Now, there are a lot of facts that he's, that he's laid out, and we don't have to go over every single one of these. We'll We'll go over some of them, um, and then we'll skip down to how he kind of closes the declaration out. But basically, he, he lays out a list of facts. I've not I've never counted them, actually. I don't know how many there are. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but he's laid out quite a few of them. We'll go through some of them. I like
0: the second one here. Yeah. It's really good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance. I mean, that that's not even the whole thing, but just right there comes the notion that we need to keep our governments small and local. Like, that's what I hear in there, saying right. that you forgive, you have forbidden your governors to pass laws that are immediate. Uh, you know, because the people on the ground, the people that are local, they see the problems immediately. And at that time, well, they had to wait. They weren't allowed to pass their own laws. They had to wait for someone to get on a boat and travel for two weeks over the Britain and wait for them to decide whether or not it, they could pass the law or the king could— could uh, issue the new ordinance, and then they had to wait another couple of weeks for that, you know probably months when something happened where they needed a new a new law, and they had to wait to see if it if it was okay.
1: Yeah, imagine if states had to get all their laws they pass approved by by the federal <laughs> government by Trump. Trump yeah. has to sign them too, and that, so the governors he's talking about here these are the governors of the colonies, the governors of the states at the time. So Pennsylvania, North and South Carolina, uh, the the thirteen original colonies. So those, they had governors, they had, you know, Congress basically, um, but they weren't allowed to do anything unless the King signed off on it, which is absolutely terrible. Um, so let's go through some of these others. Uh, he has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with, with manly firmness, his invasions on the rights of the people. So another thing, again, constantly invading the rights of the people and what does the king do he just dissolves the houses it's like he, oh, well you're trying to say that what i'm doing is wrong so we'll just get rid of you
0: yeah so <laughs> so it's like if you had your house of representatives and the people that were that were representing you in congress and if the president just had the authority to say well yeah, I mean, I don't really like what you're saying, and you're saying what I'm doing is wrong, so you're no longer representative, and uh, we're just going to do what we want. Yep. So that, that's what they were dealing with. All right. Give us some more
1: facts, Nate. A couple more.
0: Well, I'm trying to see which one to see. He has endeavored. Got, uh, what do you got?
1: I got another good one. Okay, go. So, So I want you to think about how we set up our judge system. Um, That's so, what I was about. To, to so, the king, down. he has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. So, uh, what, oh, sorry, the next one's better. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. So, what the king did, so, so, if you got to know the history of this, so, not, uh, seven, about seven, 800 years ago is when people started to see a little bit of liberty in their lives. And at this time, you, you know, you had the Magna Carta before that, there was something else. People had some freedom. Uh, but what you saw is the tyrannical king would always keep diminishing people's liberty. Um, and he would always try to circumvent what, what the laws were. And so the, you know, the king, Great Britain had established Eng- what's called English common law. Which means you you had some freedom of speech, you were innocent until proven guilty, all of these types of things. Well, what the king did, and and this is kind of smart, but the way he did it to circumvent is he would hire all the judges who worked for him, and he would pay them, and he would if they did his bidding, then he would keep them in office, so to speak. And so the king was able to basically pass on judgment and sentences to people, uh, even though it wasn't necessarily a fair trial because obviously the judges want to get paid and they want to have their job for a long time. We see this sort of corruption happening today. Yeah. It's not far off. Right. I mean, you have like, you have a, uh, you know, police officers that pull people over for all these unbelievable traffic violations that have nothing to do with traffic safety. I read a brilliant article today from a former former police officer who was talking about how we have all of these traffic ordinances that have nothing to do with traffic safety. It's literally just a cash cow. It's corruption. That's what it is. And you have, you know, basically uh, police officers, men or women with badges and guns who have authority over you that are being used by the arm of the state to extort money out of you. And it's like this, this same type of corruption happens today. And this is just the reason why we set our judicial system up the way that we did was because they they learned this. Now, the president does appoint all the federal judges um, at every single level, and they do have a lifetime term. Uh, but that's already established in the Constitution, um, and their salary isn't dependent on whether they adhere to what the president wants or not. And you can see evidence of that because so many uh, so many federal courts have you know, put a, uh, injunctions against what the president's done with his executive power and things like that. So that's the reason why that was set up that way.
0: I like this when he starts. It starts to get a little quicker here. So uh, he says, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world— For imposing taxes on us without our consent. For depriving us in many cases of the benefit of trial by jury. For transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses. I mean, it's... (laughs) He really starts laying out a good case here. And I love that one in there. What was this? For imposing taxes on us without our consent. Whoa, whoa. Hmm. What are you trying to say? I don't know. It's almost... It's almost like taxes, like, it's like taxation is actually theft. Hmm. Yeah. Or extortion. So it's pretty crazy that in in the Declaration of Independence, for one of the reasons that we separated off from Great Britain, the reason that we fought the Revolutionary War, one of the reasons was that they imposed taxes on us without our consent. Man. What would you say to that today, Charlie? Is that something we're still holding
1: on to? Well, like I said, I think that we still have some some avenues besides a revolution <laughs> to yeah. go about making liberty win still. I'm going to steal that from Young Americans for Liberty because <laughs> I like that hashtag. So if you just – got to go down. Please, for the love of God, you're probably bar- barbecuing today. Maybe you're making a drive to see some families or you're getting to listen to the show. When you have time, you have to go back and read this stuff and just look at the grievances that they, that they aired out at this time. I mean, he goes through, God, we need to count this before we get done, please. And see how many there are, because he literally goes through and he lays out all of the reasons why it is necessary for America to separate from a tyrannical uh, king. So you know, transporting large armies. Uh, he's, you know, all kinds of things, oppressions. So, uh,
0: there's about 30 things in here.
1: Yes. Okay, that's good. So,
0: not all of them are super relevant to what we're doing right now. So, I mean, a lot of them, you know, they're talking about the keeping the standing army among them at times when they're not at war, that army being independent of of the, uh, civil society, basically being that they, they were separated. They were not part of the neighborhoods or part of their colonies that they were, they were independent from the colonies and they were there, uh, standing armies from great Britain that were there. So, I mean, all of these things, I don't think we have to go through a whole bunch more of them,
1: but let's go down to the closing. So he starts out by saying, so he lists them all out and then he says, in every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. So what he's saying is this has been going on for a long time. Uh, we're trying to seek a redress of these grievances like and of these oppressions. We're trying humbly to ask you and lay out the case and say, this is why we feel oppressed and we would appreciate it, please, if you would lessen our oppression. That's exactly what he's saying. But then he goes on to say, our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. So they're making a claim to say, hey, I'm hurt and um uh, it's like, oh well let me break your foot too. Yeah. You know, like my in the Patriot I love when if you haven't seen the movie The Patriots great, especially learn this kind of language and how they spoke to each other. But Right before they go in to decide if South Carolina is going to join the Revolutionary War, uh, Peter Howard, um, who gets on a stage and says that he served in the King's Army, and how did he get repaid? He lost. Well, sorry, he lost his hearing and his left leg fighting for the Crown in the in the uh, French War. And how did King George reward me? He cuts (laughs) off my other leg with his taxes. (laughs) <laughs> so so while, they, while they're being oppressed, the, the king just cuts off their other leg. So,
0: We got a prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a, a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people.
1: What do you think the prince th- thought when he read that?
0: I don't know. Might yeah. have been a little embarrassed, probably upset.
1: <laughs> and what he's saying is he's not attacking the prince himself. He said his character. So the way that he conducts himself he is a tyrant and unfit to be ruler
0: nor have we been wanting in attentions to our british brethren we have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us we have reminded them of our circumstances of our immigration and settlement here we have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation, and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind: enemies in war, in peace, friends.
1: So. All of that to say, a great paragraph. Some some tough words there. Yeah, right? I, didn't, I uh, didn't like that. That we don't that you don't hear very often. Yeah. Uh, so I don't even know if I can pronounce them. So great job doing that. Uh, Consanguinity. That just means ancestors. So they're they're talking about their British brethren here, who who the people that disagreed with them in the American colonies. Because if you think about it, the Revolutionary War was only fought for, by by about ten percent of the colonies only 10% believed in this movement everyone else as he mentioned above was willing to go along with the evils because they didn't want to change governments and so what he's saying here is they we they they've appealed to them too and they also i love this right here they they too have been deaf to the voice of justice god that's so brilliantly written which means they've ignored the fact that these um these oppressions have occurred to them as well. And so what he's saying here is like, as we hold the rest of mankind, these, our brethren who don't agree with us, who live here in America, they're enemies in war as well. So he goes on to say, we, therefore the representatives of the United States of America in general Congress assembled appealing to the Supreme judge of the world,
0: Now that's one heck of a breakup note right there oh, let me tell you let me tell you what hey it's it's not me, it's you
1: <laughs> that's, that's what he's saying here I mean if you say it Could you get that text message if you
0: say it that night and that nice and that politely like can you be mad after I, I, that? I don't know I mean you have to get that through text and it's gonna send i mean it's a pretty long text right there, right, and you're like i mean i I'm not even mad I'm I impressed. guess i mean <laughs> I guess she's right right I mean. <laughs> I don't know what half those words were, but good, good job. Good job. I mean, the way, the way it was
1: said. I love that he ends the way that he ends this here. It's just, um, again, I, to me and I love history. I love the way that they write these things. And it's kind of hard for, uh, you know, for us to understand until you start diving into it, but I love the way that he finishes it out. And he just says, you know, we declare that we're free. We're no longer allegiant to great Britain. You don't have any dominion dominion over us whatsoever. We can do whatever we want, and we're going to establish a country and a people who are free and where liberty is the foundation. And this document right here, by the way, what he said at the end here, we mutually pledge each other, we mutually pledge to each other our lives. So that right there, because they knew the sentence for this document and signing your name to the bottom of this thing was death, sure death. Not only that, a lot of these people were rich. So he all, he went to say our fortunes and then our sacred honor. So, because honor was a big thing back then, right? I mean, if you're going against the British crown, I mean, you have no honor. You're just a, you know, a peon. From yeah, there, just basically. a lowly peasant. So literally these gentlemen were willing to give up literally, literally everything, everything. And I have to say it that way because... Because these were well off guys. I mean, as far as oppression is concerned, they were privileged oppressed. Yeah. Right. They had fantastic lives and they were willing to give all of that up in the name of liberty to have what we have today. Like just the magnitude of what they did, I think, goes so Underappreciated. There's like there's no gratitude for it. And at this time,
0: they were still. Now this was not exactly the formation of the federal government or anything here. This was the free no. and independent states that were that were declaring that they were independent. And it was still what another ten or so years before the Constitution.
1: Something yeah, the like Constitution that? was eighteen was eighty six when th- something like that. I think. Eighty-five or eighty-six, yeah. yeah, nine or ten years.
0: So there was still some time here before they created their own massive superpower government, but uh, which which is uh, sarcasm. That's not what they were doing. So they declared that they wanted to be independent of of Britain. And so I think on this Fourth of July, when you're out there shooting off fireworks and you're you're talking about freedom and independence and and liberty, that you need to think about what these guys were doing what this meant, you know, why did they do it? And I think it's a good thing for us to keep in context all the time because a lot of these things we have become complacent and have started to allow our federal government to do some of the same things and actually probably worse, I would say. So not that I'm sitting here saying that we need to uh, start a revolution and send the federal government a really nice breakup text like this is. But we do need to stay mindful of the fact that we're going, we're going against, on a daily basis, the principles behind the Declaration of Independence and the principles that started the Constitution. So uh, you know, take from that what you will— but that just means that we need to stay we need to keep being activists. We we need to keep getting the message out there. We need to keep making sure that we're doing everything we can to keep the ideology and the principles behind these documents going, keep them alive. Make sure the make, make sure the remnant keeps keeps going.
1: I wanna make a correction. It was twelve years. Okay. June of 1788, New Hampshire became the ninth of the 13 states to ratify. So once that happened, then the Constitution became the law of the land. Okay. So basically basically 12 years later. There was Articles of Confederation before that where they tried to kind of create some type of central system. A lot of them were so against, especially Thomas Jefferson, against the centralized system because they knew that if you concentrate power at the center— of something it'll just want more power and ever since the constitution was ratified that's all we've seen the federal government yep. get more and more and more power and they've been dismantling liberty inch by inch just little by little it's like oh well you know all we're doing is banning bump stocks. that's what i was gonna say <laughs> that's no big deal you don't need bump stocks yeah, it's anyway just bump
0: stocks you don't need those
1: right and so then you get rid of that well now it's illegal to have bump stocks now they have an end yeah you've got power you know i talked about traffic earlier it's like oh well, you know, it's not it's not that you can't drive your car. We just want to make sure you use your turn signal. Not that it may do anything. Yeah. But, but then you give that like you start to give all these little pieces up and eventually little pieces to the puzzle become one giant motherfucking puzzle. <laughs> I just exactly. Had to bleep myself out of Exactly. The end. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but
0: you did bleep yourself I, out. Yeah, I bleep so. myself
1: out, but I, we just get so passionate about this. But I hope you guys have a great fourth of July. I hope that you're cooking some steaks. Maybe you're out at the lake. Um, but I just want you to remember what these, what these gentlemen sacrificed and be grateful for the life that you have and be grateful for, for liberty. If you look at the bleak history of the human species, uh, we've, we've only been really free for not even 250 years yet. And while this is still the greatest country in the world, With the most opportunity, there's a long way to go to reestablishing liberty, and I just want you guys to think about and appreciate uh, where your liberty came from and the rights that you have and, and what these guys went through making this Declaration of Independence. It's no trivial matter whatsoever, and I think a lot of people do forget that, so we have to remember, on one of the greatest days ever, America's birthday, July 4th, 1776 the Declaration of Independence. Well, that was good. You like that somber ending? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's not how we're going to end the show, though, (laughs) because we're upbeat people. So... Nate, uh, how can people follow us?
0: Well, they need to go to Facebook, search Good Morning Liberty. They need to go to Instagram. That is also at Good Morning Liberty. You can go to GoodMorningLiberty.us and check out all of our new articles based on principles, economics, uh, today's so- social justice, and all the different pieces in the news. We we chime in on that. Uh, if you can't remember the URL I just said, just remember BernieLies.com. It will take you to the same place. That's my favorite. And if you're searching, if you're on the website right now, which we forgot to say earlier, hit subscribe or go search Good Morning Liberty in whatever podcast app, it will say the original Good Morning Liberty on it. Yes. No reason for that Yep, at all. Just the original one.
1: I think we can go ahead and mention it. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a great organization called the 10th Amendment Center. Yes. Love those guys. Yeah. They do some really great work. Uh, they also have a podcast called Good Morning, Good Morning Liberty. So you'll... You'll see, though, when you search, like their podcast says the 10th Amendment Center under it, ours says Good Morning Liberty. Yeah, and you'll um, see
0: that their episodes go back to late uh, 2018, last year is when they first started, mm-hmm. and ours go back to sometime in 2017.
1: So that's why we put the original.
0: Yeah, and uh, the problem is we took a break for a little bit. Um, I think they kind of came in, and it's a good, it's a good name. Great, right. you know, good name. They came in and have started a podcast, but we do have the Facebook page, the Instagram, the YouTube, the
1: all of those things mm-hmm. for good, mo- good Morning Liberty. Right. So But we believe in, you know, liberty and freedom and sure. if you know, bring more people to the message. The more the merrier. That's what I say. Yeah. But it's ours. Yep, property rights (laughs) trademark pending (laughs) but anyway guys we can't thank you enough for joining Uh, like Nate said hit that subscribe button leave us a rating and review we hope you guys have a great day on America's birthday have a great day and a good morning liberty